You're listening to the Earn That Podcast, episode number 145. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. You let things sabotage your diet? Are you quick to quit if the scale goes up one day? If so, you might not be reaching that weight loss goal because you're not pushing through small obstacles. I have seen these 10 obstacles crush people's weight loss goals because they are just holding them back and they don't have to. So I really want you to listen today and think about these 10 things and see if any of these are things that you are letting get in your way of your weight loss goals. But first, this. And now, it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Today's Eagle Eye on Health is diet drinks can sink weight loss efforts. I have to tell you, this is personal before we get into the Eagle's Eye on Health, but diet soda just tastes so bad to me. Like, nothing tastes more chemical to me than diet soda. And don't get me wrong, because real soda, yum. I absolutely love it, which people think is crazy. I don't drink it. I maybe have two a year, and that is like a total like splurge for me. I, I love real soda. I used to drink it all the time. But diet, ugh, I can't stand the taste of it. But anyway, this article and this research is talking about what's in the diet sodas and how it's affecting the body. For many people, trying to slim down using low-calorie sweeteners seems like a no-brainer, but recent research shows it may not be such a good idea. People who have obesity as well as prediabetes or diabetes are at even more of a heightened risk of metabolic syndrome, which is a collection of risk factors for cardiovascular disease, if they consume low-calorie sweeteners, says researchers at George Washington University. They presented their findings at ENDO 2018, the 100th annual meeting of the Endocrine Society. Now, by analyzing fat samples from people of different weights, lead researcher Sen and his team found significant evidence of increased glucose, which is sugar, transport into cells and overexpression of known fat-producing genes in participants classified as overweight or obese. Sen and his team also tested 0.2 millimolar doses of sucralose, which is an artificial sweetener, equal to four cans of diet soda per day on stem cells taken from human fat tissue. After 12 days, the cells showed increased expression of genes that are markers of fat production and inflammation. Low-calorie sweeteners promote additional fat accumulation within cells compared with cells not exposed to these substances. Further, as the dose of sucralose increased, so did its negative effects. The sweetener appears to unlock cells, allowing more glucose to enter, and sucralose may also contribute to a slowdown in metabolism, both of which may explain the fat buildup. So there you have it. These artificial sweeteners like sucralose are so bad for us. And people really need to realize that these are chemicals and the body doesn't really know how to handle it. And look, that's how it's handling it and it's not in the way that you're hoping it will. So if you ever see something that says sugar-free 
Um, sometimes even skinny, like some of the skinny coffees or even skinny cocktails, sugar-free, skinny cocktails, diet. When it says those things, it means it has artificial sweeteners, but it doesn't have the sugar in it. So you're thinking, okay, no sugar, so that's a better option. It's not because an artificial sweetener is worse than sugar. I always tell my clients, sugar is not the devil. Artificial sweeteners are the devil. Sugar just needs to be eaten in moderation. So if you are a diet soda drinker or you eat a lot of the diet foods or you have a lot of foods in your house that say sugar-free, I think it's time to clear those cabinets because they are not helping and there has never been any research that shows any of these diet foods and diet drinks actually helps with weight loss. So something you might want to keep in mind. Okay, now let's get back to what you really want to know. Are any of these 10 obstacles holding you back from hitting your weight loss goal? because I have seen several of these affect many people I know, and it's too bad because these are just little obstacles. And obstacles are simply things that get in your way and that you need to go around, go over, or go under. But by no means should you hit an obstacle and turn around, especially when it comes to your health. Okay, let's start with the very first one. Do you have this problem? Is this an obstacle that you have seen in your weight loss journey? Let me set up the scenario. You're on a diet, or maybe you're on my program, which doesn't feel like a diet, I hope, and you're trying to lose weight. And you're being really good, and you've eaten so healthy, and you've tracked everything, and you did your workouts, but you got on the scale, and the weight went up. And I ask you, where are you in your menstrual cycle? Sorry, dudes, this, this number one is for the ladies. And they say, oh my God, how did you know? Like I have my period. Well, guess what, everyone? You can be up one, two, sometimes three pounds, depending on the person, when you have your period. And that's normal. But what I see happen is I have clients or I see friends who are giving this their all They see the scale go up and they say, screw it, I'm out. See, it doesn't work. I can't lose weight. But they got on the scale when they had their period. So they were up a pound or maybe just didn't lose any weight and they got so discouraged. But a lot of people don't realize that when you have your period, you can be up one, two, or even three pounds. For some people, it's even more. Like some people retain so much water. But usually my clients, once I get their sodium in check, they don't, they don't get up to the three to five pound mark anymore with their period. But it's very common to be up one to two pounds. So are you that person who gets on the scale and didn't realize that potentially it was your menstrual cycle causing the increase, and so you threw in the towel, and that weekend you ate everything you wanted, and then you were probably up five pounds on Monday, when you probably would have been back down and lost weight if you had just hung in there. So your period, that can be one obstacle that holds people back. The second one kind of goes hand in hand with it, sorry dudes, but ovulation can also actually cause some water retention in your body. And so it's another time, same scenario, I've had clients get on the scale and they're like, I didn't lose any weight or I gained a pound this week and I gave everything I had. I mean, everything was on track. So so this doesn't work. And then I say to them, where are you in your cycle? And they say, I'm ovulating. I said, well, there you go. Yes, your body retains some water at ovulation. I'm up 
one to two pounds when I ovulate. And I track all of this. So I see it every single month. It's like clockwork. And you should track it too. So if you are a lady out there, track your period, track when you should be ovulating. And if you are someone who likes to get on the scale, see if you see that correlation. Because I don't want that increase in weight to be the obstacle that shuts you down. I just don't want that for you. Just see it as, oh, it's an up day. I'm ovulating. I'm still eating healthy. I'm doing great. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I'm not going to eat an entire bag of cookies because nothing happened on the scale and I did everything right. I'm just going to keep going. Number three, another reason you might see the scale go up or potentially just not go down, even if everything is going right on your weight loss journey and you're doing everything right, an intense workout can do that. So for a lot of my athletes, they do their highest, most intense work on the weekends. My marathoners run their long runs on Saturdays or Sundays. My triathletes do their brick workouts, which is their bike run uh, on Saturdays, and then they do their long runs potentially on Sundays. That kind of intense workout and the long training of it, it is a stress on the body and it can cause some increased weight. It's water retention, generally. For my athletes, it also can be sodium because they're fueling at the same time. So if you're someone who does the high intense workouts on the weekends and you weigh in high on Monday, don't sweat it or actually sweat it out. It's water retention. It's not that you've done anything wrong and it's not that things aren't working. Most of my athletes have to do Wednesday weigh-ins. That weight comes right back down and that's when we'll see the weight loss on the Wednesdays. And right now, if you're thinking, well, I'm not an athlete. Okay, but maybe you're not an athlete, but if you went to CrossFit or you did some super challenging track workout one day, if it's really intense, it is stress on the body. And so again, that can sometimes show up as an increase on the scale. It's water generally. So don't let it be the obstacle that makes you throw in the towel. The next one, very, very common. I have clients who come to me and they're like, my weight didn't change, I'm so disappointed. Or I gained a pound, I'm so disappointed. I couldn't have done anything better. I was so on track, but I had the most stressful week of my life at work. Okay, stress equals cortisol. Cortisol is released in the body from stress. Stress from work, cortisol release. Stress from your workouts, Cortisol release. That's why I say even exercise can be stress on the body. When there's cortisol in the body, there can be weight gain. It can be true weight gain. It can be water retention, but stress causes weight gain. No, it should not be five pounds of weight gain, but generally you could see a pound or two in a really stressful week. So you have to realize that sometimes in your journey to lose weight, you're going to have stressful weeks. And that might be a week you don't see much happen on the scale, but it's not a reason to throw in the towel. You just get through that week and figure out what can I do next time to combat that stress? Can I start doing a daily meditation? Can I do some kind of breathing when something happens at work? Can I excuse myself and go meditate outside? Whatever it's gonna take for you so that next time you have a stressful week, maybe it won't impact your body so much. Number five, poor sleep. Poor sleep is just like stress. 
If you don't get enough sleep one week, it will impact your weight. You will either see a plateau on the scale or you could see some gain as well because you need to be getting seven to eight hours of sleep a night to get the hormone release needed for weight loss. Like actual hormones are released while we're sleeping to help us with weight. And so if you're the person who is getting five hours of sleep and working out like a crazy person and stress at work too, my goodness, you're gonna have the worst of all of it. But just poor sleep alone, I have had clients say I was fully on track, I don't understand, but my baby kept me up all week, I haven't slept. It's like always one of these obstacles I can pinpoint as to why if, if they were on track, things didn't go great. And all you have to do is just get back on track with your sleep if you can. It's so hard for the moms with newborns because you do what you can to get through. That's why I don't like, honestly, to take a lot of breastfeeding women into the program because it's hard enough just to like live your life when you've got a newborn because the lack of sleep and the sleep deprivation is killer. Um, but I have so many moms who just like, I got to get the weight off. I, I got to get the weight off. So I do take breastfeeding moms, but I have to say, I think I'd rather you come to me when the sleep deprivation is gone. Number six, could this be you? One night out, you go out one night, you went out for that Mexican food, you went out with your husband, you had a date night, and you got on the scale the next day and you were up two pounds. That's it, I get the phone call. It's not working, I'm up two pounds. I, I need to be able to go out on a date night. Of course you do. I don't tell my clients not to go out. I expect you to go out. I don't want you to go out five nights a week, but if you're gonna weigh in the day after you go out, please be prepared for one to two pounds of weight gain. It's not fat, it's water. <laughs> like I go to Mexican food and I can be up two pounds the next day. There is so much sodium when you go out to eat, Mexican food especially. But you have to just know that. So A, you don't have to weigh in the day after you go out at night, right? So if that's gonna make you crazy and you can't handle it, just don't get on the scale the next day. That's perfectly fine. Let a few days go by, hydrate, flush out the sodium, flush out that water retention. Um, or just, just also just accept. Like I get on the scale after a Mexican food, I'm like, yeah, I'm up two pounds. I don't care. I know it's water weight. Like once you really get it in your head that these are just 10 little obstacles that, that are not real weight gain, I think you're gonna relax and be like, okay, I'm just gonna get back on track today. Cause you get back on track today and you could be down two pounds tomorrow because everything balances right back out. So one night out cannot get you down. Okay, girls and boys. Cannot get you out. Now, number seven is a funny one. I call it the vacation showdown. So you're on my program. This is not just my program, but you know, you're on your weight loss journey because you want to look great in that bikini because you're going to Hawaii and you lose the weight. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You have more weight to lose, but like you're going on vacation. You should enjoy yourself. Should you overindulge? Well, you're probably going to feel sick, but you know, you, sh you should be able to enjoy yourself on a vacation. You should not feel like you have to be deprived on a vacation. But has this ever happened to you? Day one of the vacation. You get there, you're so happy to be on vacation. You're like, give me that Mai Tai. I know how it is. Oh, nachos, I'm starving, bring it on. I've been so healthy, I've been so good. You overindulge on day one. 
I think all people do. It happens. It's not the end of the world. But what you shouldn't do is one of these. I call it the vacation showdown. You overindulge on day one, and then boom, you're like, screw it. Why should I be, why should I be on track? I already messed everything up. I'm probably up five pounds. I'm so bloated. I can't even fit into my skinny jeans the next day. I'm just going to eat bad every single day of this trip. And you sort of like, you sort of want to say that. It's like you want to just like totally be free and relaxed, which is fine. You should just, you should just do that. But don't feel like because you had one overindulgence on your vacation that you have to throw in the towel for the whole trip. Every day of a trip does not have to be overindulgence. Like there's enjoying yourself like I am going to have a glass of wine every night on my trip. That's fine. But then there's like, I'm going to have a burgers, fries, and Coke three meals a day on my trip for seven days. Like, well, that's fine, but please be prepared to be up five to seven pounds when you get back and that you're probably going to feel kind of sick all the time if you've been eating pretty healthy. My point is one bad day on a vacation does not mean you have to have seven bad days on a vacation. Don't put so much into it if you overindulged one day. Just move on. Even on a vacation, you could clean it up a little so you feel a little better, but you don't have to just totally throw in the towel. Number eight, an off day on the scale for no reason at all. You get on the scale and it's up. You don't have your period. You're not ovulating. You haven't been under stress. You uh, have been sleeping great. You're not on vacation. You didn't go out. There's no reason for it, but you got on the scale and it's up in weight. So do you just throw in the towel? Is that it? You're never gonna reach that weight loss goal and you're like, man, I'm done. I'm just done. No, your weight goes up and down every single day because of stress, as you know, because of hormones in your body that we don't even know what's going on. Like hormones up and down every day. Your weight goes up and down every day. That's why I tell most of my clients, do not weigh in every day because some days it's going to be up and that's normal. But unfortunately, sometimes on, on what we have a weigh day, you know, every Monday I have my clients weigh in. Sometimes they weigh in on an up day. There's nothing, there's, it's fine. So you're up that day. If it doesn't come back down in a few days, well, then we have to change something. But if you've been on track, and you know you've been really good and none of these things could be the reason for the update, just take it as an update. So big deal, you're up. And also like, what is one pound? One pound is nothing. If you're up one pound, don't sweat it, but don't throw in the towel. Because if you throw in the towel and you're like, eh, I'm out, I'm going to McDonald's, this doesn't work, you'll be up three pounds the next day, okay? So an update is just an update. Number nine. Is an injury your obstacle? You get injured, you're trying to lose some weight because you want to be healthy, not skinny, but you get injured. And now you're thinking, oh, well now I have no chance at hitting my weight loss goal. Do you throw in the towel with your nutrition or do you realize that nobody gains weight from not working out? Did you hear that? You do not gain weight from not working out. So if you are so injured that you cannot do any workout at all, guess what? You now have more time in your day to plan your nutrition. More than ever, do you need to keep your nutrition on track? And if you can keep your nutrition dialed in, 
it potentially could be easier to lose weight while injured because you don't have stress on your body from the exercise, right? So an injury does not mean that you give up your weight loss goal, your weight loss journey, and the journey to be getting healthy. An injury just means you cannot work out, and that's super important. The other thing I'm gonna say on injury is usually one part of the body is injured. Not many injuries mean you can't do any exercise. Some do, and like if you're like post-surgery and the doctor says don't work out, you listen to the doctor. But if you hurt your foot, you can still strength train upper body. You can do core. There are things you can, you can do legs, not the legs where you're standing on your foot, but there are other things you can do. There's tabletop lunges that you can do. Um, you can get an exercise ball and do a lot of hamstring work. Like I said, you can do core, you can do upper body. Some people can still swim. You Again, you have to go by what your doctor says. Depends what's wrong with your foot or injury in general, but there are usually other options. So if you hurt your wrist, you still might be able to go walking every day for an hour. You still might be able to run. You can do lower body strength work. You can do core. So don't use the injury as an excuse to not work out if you still can. You just ha- might have to modify or change the type of workouts that you're doing. And the last obstacle that it really holds people back is the weight loss plateau. They're doing everything right, but the scale just won't change. Well, let me tell you something. When you're losing weight, it comes off faster when you first start, and then it's gonna slow down. And there will be weeks the scale doesn't move. That's because the body always is looking for this homeostasis. It's looking for balance. It doesn't want you to keep dropping weight. It's just the body isn't like that. Sometimes we have to trick it even to lose some weight. Sometimes when I can't get a client's weight to To move, I have to do some interesting things with calories to shift things or even their macros. We have to trick it. Sometimes it's just about getting through the plateau. It's not about really doing much. Sometimes you can shock it with some new workouts or like I said, there's some calorie tricks we could try. But sometimes it's about waiting it out for one or two weeks. And I have had clients who have been in a plateau for two weeks and then drop like four pounds the next week because they didn't give up. And that's the thing. These are 10 obstacles that usually set people off and they throw in the towel. And when you throw in the towel, the only thing that happens is you have to start all over again because deep down you're trying to get healthy. You're probably trying to hit a certain weight. Hopefully it's a realistic weight, but all that's gonna happen is you're setting yourself up to fail and then you have to start all over again. And it's hard every time you have to start all over. So I'm hoping by listening to this podcast episode today that you're hearing it and that potentially you go, yeah, I do that sometimes with that one or that one, or maybe not. Maybe you're like, oh, well, I'm just starting earn that body July 29th and I'm going to make sure I don't let these things set me off. I'm going to understand that these things are normal. That's the most important thing. Weight loss isn't perfect. It's not going to happen every week. If you have a big drop in weight one week, Expect the next two weeks to be really slow or no weight loss. It comes in waves, but hang in there because it will keep going. And if you take your focus off trying to lose weight and put your focus on, I'm trying to be healthy, well, that's for life then, right? And then that weight will just keep coming off over time. It is not a race. 
It is what I like to call a journey. So please, the next time you get on the scale and you see it's up, I want you to ask yourself, are one of these 10 things potentially happening? Are you going to let them hold you back? No, you'll get through it. You'll go over it, under it, or maybe around it, but you are not going to throw in the towel. If you have a goal, you are going to hit it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Earn That Body podcast. I appreciate each and every listener. I love when you guys give these shares, especially on your Insta stories. If you're listening to the podcast, give it a little snapshot, share it, tag Earn That Body. I love seeing that. It's so appreciated. Um, Always give me a rating and review on iTunes as well. If you can, I really appreciate it. And the last thing is that we are at that point of summer where... The July 29th Earn That Body, it's about to sell out because it's about to start. But as I've told you before, it's a pre-session that we're starting with. And I've started something new because not everybody was able to start on July 29th. So I created the July 29th session is a four-week pre-session before you get started with Earn That Body. The pre-session is free. It comes with the program. But I also cut it down to a two-week pre-session. If for whatever reason you were out of town, you really couldn't make July 29th happen, I have a few spots left for the two-week pre-session that starts August 12th. So you do have that opportunity, only a couple spots left. If you want it, let me know, Kim at EarnThatBody.com or go to the website, EarnThatBody.com, go to programs, check out Earn That Potty, um, but let's get you registered right away so that I can help you through some of these obstacles because honestly, I think the accountability of my program is probably what gets people to the best results of their life because I'm not going to let you use one of these obstacles as an excuse. I'm going to get you through it. I'm going to get you through those plateaus and we're going to get you to your goal. That's everything, bringing you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away with the Earn That Body podcast. Take care, everyone. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.